Cheerscast is part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I tell you, these unleashed animals are a menace to postal workers. Well, you're going to sue, aren't you? <clears throat> well, now, I may be wrong, Carla, but I don't think you can sue members of the animal kingdom. <laughs> I'm talking about the owners, Nellie Bell. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's no need to sue. I left a uh, strongly worded note in their mailbox. Well, that's too bad, Cliff. I know a lawyer who would take it on a contingency basis. It wouldn't cost you a dime, and you might end up with a sizable settlement. I'll right, get you off my back, all right. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly, and joining me once again from the Right On Podcast Network, where he talks about Seinfeld, Friends, Batgirl, and other subjects, it's Ashford Wright. Welcome back, man. Hello, Ryan. Hello, everyone. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I mentioned uh, Batgirl. Uh, any news on the movie front as far as uh, that goes? Uh, so we do Cassandra Kane, but, you know, I love all of them equally. Mm-hmm. Horrible stuff. Corporate takeover. People don't want the old regime stuff. I don't know. But, yeah, sad news. I know uh, for a lot of people this is really disappointing, but I, I saw something that actually made me laugh. It was um, because of also all of the things about the Flash movie with uh, the scandals involving mm. Star Ezra Miller and all that stuff's going on. And there's maybe pressure on Warner Brothers to scrap that one. The thing that they have in common is Michael Keaton was supposed to reprise his, the role of the original oh. Batman in both of these movies. And also maybe at one point he was going to be in Aquaman 2, but they changed that and now they're filming those scenes with Ben Affleck or something. And anyway, somebody, I, I saw something on Twitter, or one of the, like Michael Keaton will have filmed three of these new DC movies and none of them will come out. And Michael Keaton will never know that because he doesn't watch any of these movies. Wow. I, I put it to you this way. If they cancel season four of Doom Patrol, I will need to be on one hour watch. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, let's talk about Cheers. Yeah, yeah, let's cheer it up and talk about Cheers because I'm happy about this one. I've been on every season of Cheers cast, but I've never mentioned this. I'm actually the son of two postal workers. I did not know that. Yeah, my mom and my dad, they they, they weren't uh, postal carriers. They... My mom worked downtown doing Mm -hmm. clerk work, I guess, and my dad worked at the airport doing whatever it was, but they're postal workers. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I, I should have given you a Cliff episode a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, we finally get one now. Because, um, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about Season 5, Episode 19, Dog Bites Cliff. Uh, this one is written by Joanne Pagliaro, directed by James Burroughs, and the original air date was Thursday, February 19th, 1987. Cliff gets bitten by a dog on his postal route, and the gang at Cheers convince him to sue the dog's owner. At first, Cliff is giddy about his prospects for a big cash settlement until he meets said owner, a gorgeous woman named Madeline Keith, who comes on warm and caring to Cliff. Perhaps too warm and caring. Cliff sees Madeline every night for a week, during which time he thinks less and less about the lawsuit. Carla and the others tell Cliff they think Madeline is using him just so he'll drop the suit. And surprisingly, Cliff agrees with that, but he's willing to throw the money away for a chance to sleep with her. 
Madeline comes to the bar with a release form exempting her from any damages related to the dog bite, but she asks Cliff to tear it up instead of signing it. She says she originally befriended him hoping he would drop the suit, but over the past week, she actually developed feelings for him. Cliff and Madeline get a hotel room and climb into bed together, but before they can begin, Madeline tells him she won't be truly comfortable and uninhibited until they put the lawsuit behind officially. As luck would have it, she has a duplicate of the release form and a pen in her negligee. Cliff is all too eager to sign the form, but as soon as he does, Madeline forgets him and checks her phone messages and reveals an astonishing surprise. Later at the bar, Cliff recounts how Madeline told him that her long-lost husband had come back and she couldn't possibly be with Cliff now. The gang thinks that she conned Cliffy, but he chooses to believe that they were just tragically doomed lovers. All right, man. What did you think about this episode? You know what? This is the first Cliff Clavin-centric episode where like, I loved it and I was on his side the whole time. I actually got a little sad. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I liked the one when he uh, when he had his um, some kind of like award or something from the postal service, and, and he yeah. ended up taking Diane to that show. But of course, like that was an amazing episode. But it's not one where you actually root for Cliff. This is one where I think they did a really good thing because, like, of course, you can see that she's leading him on. You can see it from a mile away. But at least it gives him some dignity when he tells Cliff, he's like, yeah, no kidding. But when we go to the, you know, when I go out with her at night and we go to some restaurant, all the fellas are looking at her and they're seeing me with her. And it makes me feel good. Like, he's like, yeah, she's using me, but I'm going to use her too for at least a little while. Yeah, I was kind of like, all right, I can see where Cliff is coming from. I like that because it... You know, in the other Cheers, uh, well, the Cheers gods, they don't shine favorably on Cliff and his episodes because, yeah, it's always egg on the face. And he kind of had that here, but uh, again, I was rooting for him. And I like that he said that, where it's like, hey, let me just have this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, the guest star in this episode, Madeline Keith, played by Anita Morris, she, uh, unfortunately she died pretty young she died in like yeah. 1994 at, at, i think she was only 50 or 51 or something like that um but she's one of these women who like if you saw her in the in the 80s or something you remembered her because she had such a commanding physical like presence like just her body type and everything just like shocking red hair contrasted with like like very pale alabaster skin um i i remember her mostly from the movie ruthless people with danny devito and judge reinhold and bet midler i got i bet it's been i bet it's been a quarter of a century since i watched that movie i used to watch it all the time i loved that movie so much if you can imagine it like bill pullman the actor is involved in what might be one of the funniest robbery scenes you can ever see on film. If you get the chance, listeners, if you haven't seen Ruthless People, check it out. It was a good one. And I remember her in 18 again. Yeah, she was 18 again. Yeah, with um, George well, Burns. George Burns, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah. Um, I guess uh, I think one of her last ones was Radio Land Murders. Um, beautiful woman, just stack built very well like she the the gods graced her with a with a, a nice body unfortunately like i said she died i guess like just seven or something years after this but anyway yeah so she she's a really fun character and of course and I, I, we're jumping ahead but 
as you would imagine, Cliff gets tongue-tied anytime a beautiful woman comes into the bar. So naturally, when she walks in, you know what how he is going to sound and, and how in, incoherent it will be. Um, but we will come back to that one. Um, you, uh, even before I get to the teaser, though, you, you did point out something before we started recording, before we're talking, um, a little bit of continuity in this episode with Woody. Um, and this was great because... Uh, people, if you listen to the last episode, you remember Woody had his his arm in a, in a, a cast and it wrapped around his thumb. And I mentioned that's because the actor Woody Harrelson broke his arm uh, in a race car accident, sort of like in, in like this qualifying race for like this pro-am type of uh, competition. And actually, like, even as I was looking into that, I was kind of thinking, I was like, like, it's not just a thing where, like, the actor broke his thumb, but I was like, if Woody Harrelson actually broke his thumb, I was like, I wonder how long that would have been. So actually then watching, or how long it would have taken him to recover from that. So then watching this episode, I see it's like, oh, yeah, they don't, they don't call attention to it. But yeah, his, his hand is still in the, in the brace there in the cast. Yeah, they talked about in the previous episode, how he broke his arm, and then they refer back to that incident in this one. But it always blows my mind, especially because I watch a lot of stuff from the 70s or 60s where the production is taking a bit big risk, but they don't have the the resources to do it, but they're still going for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm always surprised when anyone can meet a deadline. Anyone. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me we got to rewrite scripts for his injury? That blows my mind as well. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So getting into it for the teaser for this episode, Diane is sitting at the back of the bar um, doing her nails. She's got cotton balls all over the place and putting on new nail polish. And she's just giddy over the upcoming wedding. Carla tries to insult her. I forget what exactly what she says, but like Diane is basically like, Carla, I'm just too happy right now. You'll have to find a better way of, ins- of, of if you want to bother me. So Carla's like, fine, grabs her hands, grabs her by the wrist and shoves her hands down so that all of her, like the, the nail polish just clings to the cotton balls and completely ruins the job that she spent all that time on. So Diane's dress and the cotton balls, it was all Easter colored out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great gag. Great gag. And then right after the credits, we basically get the, an excuse to write Diane out of the rest of the episode. And I'm not sure if there was a reason for this, but they basically get rid of her in the first minute of the show. Um, she gets a call that this Buddhist monastery, this very lavish place, um, has an opening that she wants to go to as a, uh, um, not uh, like a, a tour thing, but sort of as a, a retreat. And she's talking about going there as a contemplative exercise, eating and drinking toxic free uh, foods and drinks, kind of communing and getting solitude and, and finding a place of relaxation and contemplation before the wedding and everything that and she's pitching this to sam and like what is she but how does she say to her she's like yeah there's an opening at this monastery and he's like oh that's good i heard all the monks went to fort lauderdale this year (laughs) you know what okay with cheers when it's the first season you're like oh you know i would like to see these two together and then as time goes on you're like wait a minute Uh, the two of them they're toxic i don't see this okay they write diane out of this immediately but in this little exchange I ship Sam and Diane. I I get it now. Like they're learning from each other. Yeah. Like something like this, like, Hey, I'm going to go away for a while. They might need that. And because Sam rubs off on Diane and Diane rubs off on Sam. I totally get this now. And this whole thing with why she's leaving, it just makes me think of, 
I can see Diane going with the Beatles to India during the White Album recording. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of those things. Like it's it's the it's the weird half and half thing about this season is the the first half is dominated by their like their courtship and how awkward it is and how forced it is with her trying to to get him to propose. And I just so many of those episodes, I was like, come on. And then once they're actually engaged, like there's just a string of really good where I'm like, okay, I, I like this. I like, I, I kind of like their, their status of being engaged and they, they have a good thing where you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for this couple now. Hindsight, we know where it's going to go, but, but yeah, he, so when she's telling him about all these things, he's like, if Sam's like, all right, you're not joining a cult, right? And he's like, he's like, you will be back. And she's like, no, I'm not coming back, but I will. I love and it. The way she laughs at her own little joke is just perfectly Diane. Um, and Fraser has to ex- explain what a Zen koan is, this kind of paradox. And he's like, for example, what was your face before your parents were born? Sam's like, easy, a 10. I love that. Arrive without traveling, do all without doing, see all <laughs> without seeing. Yeah. Carla is upset that Diane is just like on the spur of the moment taking the day off. And he's like, well, it's not the day off. It's two weeks off. Um, I, I actually, I was kind of, I, I understand being mad at, at the sort of flakiness of Diane's position at the bar, but part of me also thinks that Carla would be happier to be rid of Diane for that long. That and to get all the tips. Sure. Yeah, that's true. And then the, the basic plot of the story kicks off because Cliff walks in with a cane <laughs> and he says he would rather not talk about it. And there's this great little reaction of Norm just sitting there like, he doesn't want to talk about it. And Norm just holds up his hand and starts counting off the seconds with his fingers. And then when he gets to like five, then Cliff is just like, yeah, I was bitten by a dog. <laughs> it reminded me of when Diane was on the jury and she was like, oh, I got this case, but I can't talk about it. We know you're going to talk about it. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, he's like, he, he says he left a strongly worded note with the owner and everything. And then they get a call and what, it's a, it's a woman calling, asking about Cliffy's leg and Cliff like thinks that the owner tracked him down there. And he's like dictating his responsibility. He's like, tell her that, you know, we'll see her in court. Um, 86, your phony sympathy or something like that. And Woody hangs up and says, okay, your mom wants you home by, by six. <laughs> you know what I loved about that is that. Okay, if Coach would have done that, it's like, let it go. But Woody, he's younger. Cliff presses him on, dude, why didn't you tell me that was my mom? And (laughs) really kept continuing to press him. Like, we can, I'm not saying we can bully him, but we can kind of, we're not going to bully Coach, but we can bully you. You can take it. Dude, what are you doing? And I love like the whole thing is like the, he like asked three different ways to try to get like Woody to to give him a good answer. Like, why didn't you tell me there was a mom before you hung up? And like, he just isn't getting it. He's like, well, he's like, and finally Woody's like, she knew that she was your mom. And, and Sam just has, and Sam brings the, the call back. He's like, just let it go, Cliff. It's one of those Zen koan things. <laughs> good one on you, Sam. Uh, and also, uh, Someone write the fan fiction of Woody is actually from New York and he is playing with these people. And now <laughs> I'm starting to look at it where when he's doing the, you know, the, not the dumb guy, but whatever. But I'm like, man, I think he's playing these people. Woody mm, is. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, then Cliff does see a lawyer, thinks he can get $200,000 $200, uh, out of this dog bites. 
Um, <laughs> and and that's when we get the the Woody thing because he's like he's like, can you really sue someone? He's like, can I? He's like, I wonder if I could sue someone um, for my thumb when I slipped on the ice. And Sam was like, yeah, maybe you might have a good case there. He's like, where did that happen? He's like, right outside the bar on the steps. He's like, oh no no no, you got no case. <laughs> awesome. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome because we we heard about the story, but yeah, in exactly. the last episode, but we didn't say it happened outside of Cheers. He's like, oh no 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 no. Yeah, and this is a perfect thing because if you missed the last episode, you don't know all you need to know. Is okay he's got his hand in the cast and he, he hurt his thumb but if you did see it it's like oh this is just another little piece of the puzzle it happened right outside the bar yeah yeah so then madeline comes in and cliff immediately devolves into his like like his like mouth is full of novocaine after the dentist and can't speak and and even norm comes in and when norm sees her he stops and just does the same thing and they're just like moaning like that and carla's standing between them carla's like this is good it's in stereo yes something 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 about her reading almost made me think that was like a real perlman improv like she just (laughs) threw that line in like it wasn't scripted i don't know this lady was a woman like i mean a woman i mean even sam like he didn't go all but he was like wow i mean like this is a lady like you you will do like a second take like man she's powerful like she has an aura and it's orange like she's powerful (laughs) orange or yeah and guess what this lady was 40 plus and when we were kids, we were like, wow, look at her. Wow. And looking at her now, we're like, wow, it's not like, oh, well, she's over 27. No one's going to look yeah. at her. No, you're looking. This lady is powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, like Cliff just like kind of like motions to Sam to help him. And he's just he's like, and Sam's like, yes, she is very attractive. Like he can actually translate this. What was also powerful about her too is, they're in Boston. This lady has Southern accent, so it also makes her exotic. So it adds yeah, to that true. mystique. Like it's very mental as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true. Or psychological. Yeah. And then so Madeline offers to pay the medical bills, and like Claire is like mouth something, and Sam is like, "Yes, that is that is good." Yeah. Um, and she's like, I want to take care of your family. And he's like, well, tell her you're not married, Cliff. And he's, he's like, no, she's like, uh, he's like, I don't live alone, though. I live with my mother. And he's like, well, but not because I have to, but you know, we're related. <laughs> so I just love the way he kind of like stammers that. And, you know, Madeline is quick to like help him cover that. She's like, oh, I think it's great that you take care of her, you know, in her infirmary. And he's like, well, I couldn't throw her out on the street. You know, who would make my lunch? And, <laughs> She laughs at that. Like she laughs at his joke. And at that point, Cliff looks around back to Sam and Sam is gone. He's kind of like left his side. And Cliff like almost like bolts up. Like when he realizes he's on his own now, he has to talk to this woman without help. And he kind of panics for a second and then realizes, well, I just made her laugh. So maybe I'm okay. Maybe I can do this on my own. Trainer wheels off. I will say this. I, I understand that perhaps a long con is going on, but I do like that take of, you know, we've always been joking, oh, you know, Cliff, he lives with his mom. I like that whole take of, you know what, that's cool that you're taking care of your mom. Like, yeah, no, let's look at the other angle of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, oh, so then... A week has gone by and Cliff has seen Madeline every night and he tells the guys, you know, our relationship is based on, isn't just based on the physical. And that's when Norm is like, he isn't getting any. He's translating. <laughs> um, 
So they think he's being suffered into dropping the lawsuit. Norm says, let's look at all the facts here first before we jump to any conclusions. First thing, a gorgeous woman is interested in Cliff. I don't think we have to look any further than that. <laughs> uh, and Woody has a good point. He's like, I agree with Dr. Green. I can't believe someone would lie just to save a lot of money. And Fraser's like, Woody, don't help me. <laughs> like, you're, not, you're not helping me make my case. So... Fraser gave two really good looks at Woody. Like, are you for real? <laughs> he does, yeah. Yeah, their their interactions throughout this thing is so good. Um, but uh, so then, yeah, that's when Car like they're like, well, if we tell if we tell Cliff that he's just being used, then he might not. He might be so mad or embarrassed that he'll never talk to the person who breaks the news to him again. And Carla's like, all right, I'll do it. And she goes and basically calls him a sucker. And calls him out for what's really happening here. And he's like, yeah, I know. I get it. He's like, but, you know, when when everybody, when everybody, when all the heads turn and look at her when we go to a restaurant, they're not saying she's with a sap. And they're like, she, Carla's like, yes, they are. He's like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm still happy. So, What about the fact that Carla is showing kindness by going, hey, man, I could just let you crash and burn, but I think I need to tell you. I think this lady's trying to use you. Another thing, too the bar fly Steve getting lines going up to Cliff going, Hey, what if this is like a, a sweet old lady and you're trying to sue her pants off? Yeah. Yeah. We actually, like, I, I noticed that too. Cause he does kind of get before, before we see, you know, Matt on the first flight. Cause that is like, well, I mean, even like the figure kind of jumped out when he was like, I might get as much as $200,000. And they're like, Whoa, that's a huge set of I'm like, yeah, that's wow. Yeah. And, and when Steve was like, Hey man, you, you like, uh, like, for uh, like before you saw the lawyer you were just like talking about a strongly worded letter it's like now when you see money it's like what if you're actually taking advantage of this person um so that was that was a nice thing that he was doing but then once like all of that is undercut once we actually see what Madeline looks like so. Cliff's his stories are always I went big and then they had to knock me down because I, I flew too close to the sun so I took on the running back fullback poster worker and I wrote a, a angry letter and then he's going to try to beat me up <laughs> yeah. and then I'm going to win a postal award and I made a move on Diane and then uh, my mother is going to marry this rich guy and I'm gonna live it up and then he dies like it's always he goes big and then falls flat that's true it's the i love the flying too close to the sun analogy <laughs> but, but it's like when you have all the warnings it's like you know your wings are made of wax what are you thinking so. and in this, and in this situation it, it's innocent because he's not trying to manipulate the lady. like hey I'm, I'm going out on a date if anything and I, there's some ways where i don't want to believe it she's manipulating him mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah the long con yeah um and you know it it finally culminates in them getting the hotel room together um what is his his tongue tied line we're going to have ritz service at the room or something <laughs> yeah um and, and yeah we get we co- we cut to uh, a scene away we're in a, this hotel room he's in his you know pajamas like in bed and he calls sam <laughs> i love this like and sam was like you you calling me from the room he's like it's about to happen he's like why did you stop to call me and I, I'm giving it away, but like my my home run for the episode is Cliff is like Sam. I'm a little scared. And Sam goes, "Well, if it's any consolation, I've seen her, and I'm scared for you." That's mine as well. I have it in quotes. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it's such a good moment. Um, and then Alan comes in dressed in not very much at all. Cliff just drops the phone, doesn't even bother to hang it up. Um, and 
yeah, she gets in bed with him and she like pulls him close and starts kind of like petting his hair. And he has this kind of like giddy little face of it. He's like, I wish the guys at the bar could see this. I love that. I, I, I think I probably would have called Sam as well. Like, man, I can't believe this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she, they're talking about doing it and she's like, you know, just the, the whole thing that's weighing on her is her insecurities about this lawsuit. If only they could just resolve this and then she would be completely uninhibited. He's like, and she's like, uh, he's like, oh yeah, damn it, too bad we can sign it. She's like, well, as luck what happens, I have an, uh, another copy. He's like, oh, that's great. That's good news. And, and he says, oh, uh, do you have a pen? She pulls one out from her cleavage. She just can happened I, to have the pen right there. Can I keep the pen? No, you cannot keep that pen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, okay. I got to tell you, this woman, hey, you know what? Uh, this lady is Satan. Because, <laughs> boy, okay, so uh, my dog bit this guy. He's trying to sue me. So yeah. I'm going to go in and try to seduce him. And then she does this thing where she brings that paper and go, I want you to destroy it. Destroys it. So it's like, if I told you to destroy it, because, okay, Cliff, she could have just said hello to Cliff. Will you please destroy the? Uh, will you please drop the lawsuit? Yes, I will drop the lawsuit. She does a lot of going around the world where he destroys it. She de- he destroys the paper at the bar. So it's like, yeah. no, I think this lady's really into him. And then mm-hmm. she goes, no, you know, no, but that was a I'm softening you up, and bam, I'm gonna hit you with a long con when we're in the bed, and I pull this pen, this ballpoint pen. <laughs> this uh kugel scriber out of my cleavage and here you go but you can't keep the pen you can't keep it <laughs> yeah and then and right after that she's like okay we can get started right after i check my messages and she calls us <laughs> like, oh my god but you'll never believe us and then we cut away and you see the the deflated look on this i always kind of even though the the it's very different endings. I always kind of equate this one to one of your Seinfeld episodes. It's the one where George meets the woman on the subway and they go back to the thing and she ends up handcuffing him to the bed and then robbing him. I thought that was going to happen here. I was like, is she going to handcuff him? But it was even, man, yeah. Poor Cliff. How did that one turn out? Like he, like she was disgusted by like the fact that he only had a few dollars on his, in his wallet or something. Yeah, the whole thing, and it was a lot of stuff. Like I would hear this in rap songs, like yeah. New York rappers in the nineties and the sidefo. Just this whole thing of going home with someone, and then it's a setup to get robbed. So I'm like, man, yeah. this is scary. Yeah. Earth girls are scary. <laughs> um, so yeah, Cliff tells the story to the guys at the bar about her, uh, about her her husband like this missing war hero surviving a secret mission valiantly escaping back to the states and uh and they're like this is unbelievable meaning they don't believe it but for for his peace of mind he's choosing to believe this rather than he was duped um <laughs> so he he compares them to tragic figures like romeo and juliet and somebody else and then he, he goes heathcliff what was it heathcliff and Catherine, and um what he's like heath he, he, or he's Cliff and Catherine. He's like, isn't that three people? <laughs> I would have felt really good with that being the last line on a Thursday night, staying up to watch that. That would have made me feel good waking up that next Friday morning. That was an awesome line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, what about when Cliff, he comes in the bar, like when he first talks to the lawyer, they're like, how's your leg? Like, hey man, it's, I, you know, I'm seeing things. It, it hurts really bad. Like you really can't put a price. 
<laughs> it's like the mental anguish is like you can't put a price tag on like this kind of pain and norm is quickly like well you've seen an attorney recently right i bet he could put a price on it yeah he was like oh you talked to a lawyer they told you say all the things like yeah. hey what symptoms do you have all of them i got yeah. all the symptoms yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah i mean for for being a cliff episode this one was pretty good i i think part a lot of it just hinges on like the guest madeline is just so for one thing she's fun to look at she's just great to like watch her and not just because of the way she's physically built but just her smile her personality her voice anita morris gone way 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 too soon obviously um and again people if you haven't seen the movie ruthless people go see it she commands the room she does she does she owns it and and it's easy to see how cliff you you root for him because you're like oh of course like you're not even fighting fair of course she would be he would be putty in her hands but Man, I didn't want it to end this way. I was like, I, I thought that she was like, you know, I wanted to cheat this guy. But in the end, I liked you hanging out with you. Because think about it. They went on dates for a week. And Cliff, once he gets over the initial shyness, he might be a great conversationalist. Maybe, Maybe. she's tired of dating the people she's been dating. Like, I want to try something new. So I was hoping for that. But no. Ah. Um, For Norm's tab, Norm had five beers this episode which brings him up to 463 for the series at this point. I knew he could do it. Yeah. Um, for the employee of the week, I, I almost gave it to Madeline. I, 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 I strongly considered giving it to her because she's just such a, she steals the scene when she walks on the screen. Um, but I still ended up siding with Cliff, it being a Cliff-centric episode. And I thought, I thought Ratzenberger actually did a really good job in his scenes, especially when he's talking to Sam on the phone when he's in the hotel room. So she would be a close runner up, but I gave it to Cliff. What about you? I'm giving it to Cliff. I was rooting for him. Who knows if I'm able able to do this again. But the only thing that I thought Cliff did was wrong was trying to sue for $500,000. That's a lot. Yeah. So um for the home runs the best bit i i said my my number one was uh when cliff calls up and he tells him i'm scared and sam's reaction i've seen the woman and i'm scared for you yeah um and my runner-up my my second favorite gag was her pulling the pen out from between her breasts and like in her negligee i was like that was too perfect she just effortlessly did it too I like the cliff line of you know i live my mother i don't have to but yeah we're related but what about the (laughs) Hey, what about the fact that they were sitting there? There was a scene where the Cheers bar, they were sitting there watching a Hulk Hogan match. Yeah, they were watching wrestling who is, uh, versus Jake the Snake. And I, the only reason I remember the name is because uh, I don't even know what year it was. But I think like one of the first years they made, I don't even know if it was WCW. I think it was WWF wrestling action figures. Um, just like tiny little, like three, three or four inch action figures. There were like four of them. There was like a Hulk Hogan, a Macho Man, um, uh, the Ultimate Warrior, and I think the fourth one was Jake the Snake. And that was the only one that I had. Like I don't even remember how I got it because I wasn't a big wrestling fan. I didn't watch that much, but somebody gave me that one, so I've just always known the name Jake the Snake. <laughs> oh yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> Take your Hulk vitamins. Oh yeah, but I remember. <laughs> Jake the Snake, I went to a Royal Rumble, and that's where, like, every two and a half minutes, a new wrestler comes in. And Andre the, Johnson, Andre the Giant was in the ring, and he was scared of snakes, and Jake the Snake just threw the snake in there, and he jumped out the ring. He was automatically disqualified, and I felt cheated. Oh. Yeah. But other than that, it was cool. Yeah. 
well, Ashford, thank you very much for coming back on Cheers Cast. Uh, I, we will definitely have you back. We already know when you will be back. Um, listeners will have to wait and find out when that is. Um, but yeah, thanks. Until until you come back on the show, where else can people find you if they want to hear more of you talking about Batgirl or other Thursday night sitcoms? Hey, I, hey, speaking of Thursday night sitcoms, I would love for you guys to come over and follow me on the Right On Network where we're talking about we're on the last season of Seinfeld. So that's going to be something I can't wait to talk about the finale because I know uh, it has a reputation for being lackluster, but I want to defend it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also talk about Friends, so we call it the Manhattan Project. Yeah, Seinfeld and Friends. Sounds like a Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> or the plane for a nuclear bomb. But <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right about that. Yeah, definitely check out the Right On Network and the Manhattan Project. Um, yeah, again, thanks for coming back on the show. And to all of you out there listening, thanks for supporting Cheerscast by liking the show. Or thanks you for supporting Cheerscast. You know, you can like and share on social media. Leave comments on the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Ashford does. He knows what's up. Yeah. Uh, so, do, so does Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents. They both sponsor the show. You can go to patreon.com slash fwpodcasts to support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And until next time, we're closed. Yeah, Cliff. Oh, hey, Sammy. Sammy. It's, uh, it's about to happen. <laughs> and you, you stopped to call me? <laughs> She's in the john putting on her best bib and tucker. There you go. Sam, can I make a small confession? Sure. I'm scared. Well, Cliff, if it's any consolation, I've seen her and I'm scared for you. (laughs) 